This is Lon Winters with Graphic Elephants. This is Jimmy Lamp. This is Matt Masala with the RidingStoneWorld.com. And you're listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. And you are listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by... My name is Terry Combs RG. Regular guy. And Aaron Montgomery. We're just regular guys having fun and uh, trying to, to make a living in this really cool and exciting industry. I think we all want to succeed 100% of the time. Seek to understand before I try and make myself understood. Bring a ton of great information. Coming to you live from somewhere dark, dirty, and dank. All right. Welcome into the show. It is Friday, December 16th, 2022, our last show of the year. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me over at oursuccessgroup.com. So uh, today, we, we just got done with the Reggies last week, and, and we have a couple of annual things that we do. In fact, I will be kicking off 2023 with another annual program, but we'll talk about that later on in the show. But today, Terry, is our annual planning the coming year. What, what uh, you know, take take the downtime potentially, if you, if you have any between the, the holidays and um really kind of make 2023 your best year ever. And, uh, you know, you and I are, are big planners, uh, we are Terry, indeed. and I'm sure you've got several uh, junior yellow legal pads uh, ready to go for your planning processes. <laughs> exactly right. That and those little, uh, those little notebooks. I like the little, uh, the little cardboard covered notebooks. Mm, okay. and, and I write on the front, all the different plan uh, ideas that I have, whether it's a book or, or new concepts so and i think yeah. we have some uh, some interesting things that we're going to talk about today yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to it right we, and we've been doing this one I, i'm pretty sure we started back in in season number uh, t- uh one so we I do this so being season 10 so this is our 10th year of kind of planning for the new year and uh plus we're going to have our uh intrepid producer i think that's a good way to in, describe him well, yeah, well, <laughs> we're gonna have him joining us here too he's got some great tips for us as well so uh looking forward to having this conversation today terry exactly me too me too yeah yeah so, so um let's check in with the regulators here they're out in force this morning we appreciate them tuning in uh, maybe some of them are working away but uh, still listening in so we've got uh, gail from western washington uh, good morning kingsbury crafts and we've got mr todd downing fat dad wholesale good morning all he says uh, Kristen says, good morning, everyone from snowy Minnesota. Yeah, I've uh, seen some pictures. Uh, <laughs> my friend Wendy, uh, I don't know if Wendy's tuned in or not, but uh, Wendy is up in North Dakota and not Minnesota, but North Dakota. And she says, my drifts have drifts. That's how much snow they have there. <laughs> what else would Wendy be doing today? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably stuck in a snowdrift somewhere. We told her that she needed to run a line from her house out to the the barn, so that way she didn't get stuck. So we could find her. You know, am um, <laughs> a little house in the prairie. I remember that house episode. In the prairie, that's right. <laughs> and then uh, Frank tuning in from uh, across the uh, the pond, so to speak, right? And then uh, Christy DeFalco, good morning. And Chuck, good morning to Terry and Aaron. And of course, Eric and uh, Justa. Hi, all from Sweden. And have a great end of the year. So um, we've got Fran uh, tuning in, watching while I finish today's PT session. Great. Thanks for tuning in, Fran. Um, <laughs> Todd says, I'm planning on planning in 2023. So um, <laughs> you, you got to start somewhere, Todd. I love it. And uh, Good morning to Martha and Susan. Good morning. All right, great. Well, thank you guys so much for checking in. Um, 
Terry, so normally we would have that news segment that's uh, been been going really well. I'm still I, I got to edit out the the one that Matt did for us the last time we had uh, Matt from Graphics Pro on, and he he played it just like a news anchor. It was it was awesome. <laughs> did a really good job. Yeah, and and uh, Adrian and and Cassie. They, oh my gosh, it's just so, so good, so good. So, uh, but we did give them some time off. So uh, <laughs> we will see them back. Yeah. Yep, yeah, we'll we'll see them back in the new year. So, so no news today, Terry. Let's uh, let's just. I, I didn't have anything. You don't have anything, th- do you? I think we're gonna make the news today. That's right. We are the news. So, um, but <laughs> and, and can, hey, can I let me let me add yeah, something please, here before please, we please, uh, please. go to the dad joke? Because as for anybody who wonders, uh, when we do uh, the outline for this show, we always go back at least two years to make sure that we're not repeating a plan for the following year. So, good point. All new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's thanks to Terry. Terry does a great job putting the outline together and making sure that, uh, yeah, you're getting fresh content. <laughs> we may have repeated something from five years ago, but we're just refreshing. Right. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. that's a good point. If, if you, if you've been listening for five years then you should expect that from us. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You hang around Terry and I long enough, you'll hear the same stories or the same sayings over and over again. In fact, I'm sure I will say some things today that uh, you guys have heard before, but that's, that's good good we're, we're reiterating well. and and uh, yeah so i'm looking forward to it terry <laughs> but i'm also looking forward to uh the dad joke uh you you have a holiday christmas themed dad joke as well i, I do uh, and and for our for the people viewing us right now they can see that i have my milk for santa coffee mug for our podcast listeners uh, and, uh, and, uh, and that's just coffee todd so <laughs> <laughs> so if it does it say milk for santa uh beer is for terry on the other side or how does that work <laughs> you, you you did give me a coffee mug one year for christmas aaron that said may contain alcohol in very small letters across the bottom <laughs> uh, i love it all right here's my dad joke you ready i am ready you know a lot of production shops uh listen to music during the production day, you know, and everybody's arguing about the radio station, that sort of thing. So, yeah. so uh, Aaron, so when Santa's elves are busy in the workshop, what music do they listen to? I don't know what music they listen to, Terry. They listen to rap music. <laughs> For our uh, podcast listeners, that's W-R-A-P. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Hey, can... Go ahead. Good. No, no, I was just going to say, you, you always know it's a good dad style joke when Eric uh, puts the banners with the parentheses in it. To, uh, yes. <laughs> Explaining uh, the joke. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, uh, Aaron, I'm, I want to go off script one more time. Can yeah, I, can please. I tell you my feel good Christmas story? Please. Uh, I went uh, Christmas shopping on Monday. Have I heard this before, went- by the way? No, no, okay. This, right, I, right. Happened this, this is week. from Monday. Wow. Okay. I'm ready. Monday. Yeah. I think <laughs> I had all this vacation time left over. So I've been taking Mondays and Fridays off and I'm taking off all next week. So Monday, uh, we go to the mall and, um, Kim forced me to try on some clothes. And after we got in the mall, it was like, oh, and while we're here, <laughs> like, I, I'm not a shopper. I'll just tell you that right up front <laughs> since Amazon was invented. But uh, <laughs> but so I come out of the dressing room and I'm like, where's my wallet? And I go back in the dressing room. It's not there. We look all around the store. We call the store we were at previously and end up coming home. I'm like freezing credit cards. I'm trying to think, okay, what was in my wallet? And I know there's a couple of hundred dollars in cash. And so about an hour later, I look out and I see a woman and a little guy about who's probably eight years old. And I go out and he's a little guy standing there holding my wallet. And, uh, and they said, um, 
hey, I, uh, we, we found your wallet in the parking lot of the mall. And she said, my son found it. And I told him, you know what? His driver's license is in there. Let's let's go find his house because I know he's worried sick about this and probably canceling credit cards. And and so he hands me the wallet and I, I reach in the wallet. I pull out a hundred dollars and try to give it to him. He refuses and he wouldn't even take twenty dollars. And they just left with a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I just wanted to make sure that you had this in, had this in your hands as soon as possible. And I thought, oh. you know, there are good people in the world. That is, uh, that's a great story, Terry. And and yes, there are good people in the world. And, uh, you know, I think the, the reality is there are more good people than than bad people in the world. I think the bad people get all the press, so to speak. Exactly. And, and so to give the good people some press, I think is really good, Terry. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Absolutely. And hey, before we jump into our planning for 2023, we want to Thank everybody for checking out the two regular guys podcast uh, this year and and the 10 previous years and uh, mm-hmm. or all the 10 years up to now. And we're all, always looking for new guests and we have some slots to fill for 2023. And if you or anybody you know would like to join us, go to Calendly.com slash two, the number two regular guys uh, and share your show ideas. We've got a few things filled in already for January. And if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, we would appreciate you sharing the Two Regular Guys podcast with all of your industry friends so they can become regulators too. And we would appreciate you giving us a holiday review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts. Go to all those and leave us a review. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're watching right now uh, live, uh, please join in with your comments and questions and things you're planning to uh, to do or change or or make better in 2023. Yeah, love it. Love it. All right. Well, let's hear a quick word about uh, a program that, that I've got uh, happening, and uh, then we'll get back into this planning phase. So we're ready when you are, Eric. Hello, small business owners. So are you tired of wasting your money on shiny objects or listening to those gurus tell you how they made their fortune, yet it doesn't seem to work for you? It's time to take your business to the next level. My name's Aaron Montgomery, and we've got some awesome resources. Head over to coachosg.com to check it out. Just need five minutes of quick advice? Use the AME. Are you working on your business plan? Let me utilize my 40 years of experience and help you look for new perspectives. Having a hard time pricing your products? Are you out there on Facebook saying, what should I charge for this? Let me give you some ideas and help you find the right price. Are you tired of being a goal setter and never actually reaching your goals? Well, why don't you become a goal getter? Sign up here and we'll figure out how to set that goal correctly and then hold you accountable. I take a lot of pride in supporting people just like you. I'm incredibly excited to support you, cheer you on, and lead you to your idea of success. All right. Well, check that out. I'd love to help anybody out that, uh, you know, we're talking about planning. So I got business planning on there and 40 years of experience. I, I literally did write a business plan when I was eight. So um. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely believe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I decided I was going to start a business to go put flyers on people's cars because my dad had asked my brother and I to do that for his CPA business. And, and we were going to go out to the other people in the office building there at my dad's office. And, and we were going to do that. So uh, that was the business plan back when I was eight. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, um, uh, Kim Johnson did mention that it's always my fault. Kim made me go try on clothes. So I, <laughs> I think that was implied there. It wasn't her fault that I lost my wallet, though, because ap- apparently I'd lost it before we even got into the mall. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. All right. The trying well, on clothes is actually what pointed out to me that I'd lost it because I reached my back pocket. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> uh, and, and a little bit earlier, uh, Christine said uh, a couple of things. She says, uh, I've been listening since the beginning and there's some stories i could probably repeat verbatim sorry eric and then she also said i've been known to refer to small yellow legal pads as junior yellow legal pads so uh, <laughs> that's what they are love that that's love the that. proper and, term yeah and we've got <laughs> we writers uh, must use the proper terminology at all times <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it all right well we got some more people checking in so let's let's get into this and um to do this properly, I think I think we should bring in Mr. Eric. Terry, what do you let's think? Let's do it. Let's All bring right. Eric in. Hello, yes. sir. And by and by let's bring Eric in. Eric, bring <laughs> yourself in. I did, yeah. <laughs> I figured. I've got the buttons. I can come and go when I want. That's <laughs> right. I can do whatever yeah. I like. Make All yourself right. bigger than us. <laughs> Yeah, really. Yeah, it's, look at that. It's, it's all possible. That's the, that's the problem with bringing the producer in. Right? <laughs> Things change pretty quickly. All right. Well, hey, know. before before we do get started, guys, let's. Uh, as Terry said, you know, he always gives us the the uh, the previous couple years, but let's yes. let's go back to last year real quick and just do a quick overview of that. Um, if you guys are all right, I will start since it's that way in the outline. Yeah. And, you know, my parents paid for the extra A so I could be at the beginning of the list, right? <laughs> um, nope. <laughs> so last year, and uh, I'm again, we're talking new stuff, but the themes are going to be similar for me because this is what I see people doing, not incorrectly, but the challenges that they create for themselves by by not thinking in this method. So first off, have a process, have a, have a process for planning. You know, what is it that you look at and, and whatnot? And so that was the first one that I talked about last year. Um, and then what are the metrics that you're using to track your progress, right? It's, it's one thing to say, Hey, I want to be successful this year, but what does that look like? How can you, how can you measure that in such a way that it is going to uh, lead you to making the decisions and, and taking the actions that will actually get you to success. Um, and then lastly, that having clear goals and a clear goal is something that includes how much and by when. So it doesn't necessarily have to be money. Um, it, and, you know, it could be, I want to impact a hundred lives. I want to, you know, whatever that is, but then yeah. by when, right. And maybe it is by the end of the year. And a lot of our annual goals do end up kind of being at the end of the year. But I go so far as to say, let's get super specific with that, you know, by December 31st at 5.15 p.m. or something like that. So um, it, it just it it helps our subconscious brain kind of go, OK, clock's ticking. Let's take this action. Let's keep moving forward. So um, those are the three that I had, Terry. What about you? You know, I started out uh, with uh, look at the changes your business went through during the 2021 version of COVID and determine what you want to keep because, you know, uh, not every not every change was for the bad. You know, it's uh, some things we went through and had to had to change up in our businesses to, to deal with uh, with COVID, you know, turned out really well for us. So it was kind of a hey, let's let's look at this and say, you know, I'm going to keep this change in my business. And 
The next thing was equipment, you know, very specific equipment purchases for 2022. Yeah. Lead times are real and not going away. And and those lead times kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger all, mm-hmm. all uh, the previous year. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of it was just getting parts from, uh, from Asia or, or this and that. So um, the idea was, you know, plan further ahead. And then the last was follow through with your customers, with your employees, with your personal plans. Yeah. And, and, you know, we see this and I, I could, I could put this on every year because, uh, you know, I talk to people all the time who say, well, yeah, you know, I ask for a quote or ask for this or ask for that. And I never heard from them again. And, and why out there in the world, there are people who say, I want to buy something from you and you can't bring yourself to call them back is beyond me, but, uh, <laughs> but it happens all the time. So. Uh, again, we could uh, we could repeat all those for this year, but we have all new ideas. We do have some new ideas here, and and Eric, before we dive into this year, was there some things that uh, that you did last year that that worked for you? Here's the one thing I, I always say, and I think we're going to get into it again today. It's very much like what you said earlier about metrics. Uh, it's an it's an old saying we've all heard it a million times. What get gets measured gets managed. Yeah. At the end of the year is just a great time for review. And I know on, on my show, a lot of what I end up doing is talking about what it is you're going to be doing for the end of the year. I'm actually going to do it again today. I'm going to talk a little bit about planning myself on the take up today. And that was a big one is that we're not always really great at measuring. And I wanted to encourage people to measure. So hopefully yeah. there are more people who've done like some some machine studies, some time studies. I know they sound boring. <laughs> Walking around with a clipboard doesn't sound like fun. Yeah. But I think that's some stuff that I think... Uh, it leads to some of the other points we have later. Like how do we handle some of that information now that we've done a little bit of measuring and a little bit of introspection about our businesses? Yeah. yeah. Nice. I love it. Um, yeah. Real quick here. A um, couple of comments from the regulators. Uh, let's go back to David Haynes here real quick. Um, mm-hmm. In 2022, we planned on bringing another person on starting in 2023. This month we created that position and role after lots of work now planning 2024 yeah and he says i know we're nuts <laughs> uh, nuts is good that's how you make get things done um yeah, yeah. and, and then, you know what uh, and and uh, something else that the, the folks over at corral trainer david um uh do is they they try to get out there into the marketplace and and learn about what their customers are doing so david actually yeah. attended uh my screen printing class at uh, workforce products here last week so oh, that's awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah, cool. I I had heard him talking about it. I'm glad that that uh, that was able to happen. So cool, David. Yeah, lots of fun. And we had people from all over the country, and uh, and uh, cool. it was uh, it was a very cool class. Very cool. All right. Um, so Jarita uh, says my plan is just uh, keep learning. Um, I, I think that's awesome, Jarita. And and you know, again, it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be you know these no. these things. What I would say, if you are really thinking, uh, how do I set these goals? How do I plan? right? Is what is, what do you want to learn? Right? What, what is it that's important to learn? What would you, what would you like to master? Maybe, you know, that, that could be another, that that could be one of the subjects we're going to talk about today. Might just be. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jay says, uh, measure more, not boring, Eric. So there you go. (laughs) Great coming from Jay. Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Jay knows a lot about planning and doing his yeah. thing. He knows for sure. All right. Jay knows a lot about our first subject here too. In yeah. Fact, let's I should have brought him in huge, as a guest to talk about huge. this. Are you ready? That's all right. <laughs> here, here, we'll send you a link, Jay. No. Um, <laughs> so Terry, let's, let's do that. Let's dive in. So this is, this is the official starting point. You guys mark it down at 1930 on the, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. um, <laughs> so, uh, Terry, what is the number one, suggestion tip trick that you have for planning in 2023 
Well, again, this comes directly from uh, our good friend Jay Bussell. Do you know your brand? And 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 yes. if you do know your brand, is it the brand you want? Do you, is this what you want to be known for? So, um, and you get you guys probably uh, are more authorities on this than myself, but I, I think it's uh, think it's an important thing. And I can tell you what your brand isn't. Um, mm. it, your brand is not your logo, and that's again my our good friend mm. Jay. It's the first thing he'll tell you. It's not your logo. That's yeah. not your brand. Yeah. Uh, your brand is not. Hey, look at me. Look up. Look at me over here on on TikTok. Look at me over here on on Instagram. That's not your brand either. Um, your brand is not your mission statement. I, I was in a I was in a peer group one time, and and a gentleman said, "Yeah, we meet uh, once a month, and it took us eighteen months to come up with our mission statement." And I thought, "Really? Eighteen months to decide what your company stands for?" But uh, that's not your brand. So so what is your brand? It's it's your brand is your promise. Your brand is is about relationships. Um, what can they? What can your customers expect from you? What separates you? Um, wh why do you do what you do? And so, uh, in, in a nutshell, your brand is who you are, who you want to be, who people perceive you to be. So, um, comments are, yeah. are welcome here. Yeah, I, 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 yes, definitely love all this. And um, because yeah. you're exactly right, your, your brand, I look at your brand as kind of your personality. It's your business's personality, right? And, and it's mm -hmm. like you said, it's not what you, it's not what you say it is, right? You say, oh, my, my brand is X, Y, and Z. Your brand is your company personality as perceived by your potential customers. Right. And and that's the I think a real important factor. And Jay's again the the authority here for sure, and uh, he's even done some work inside of OSG to help us with this branding idea. And yeah. and that was one of the big things that I took from from that experience. And so like Terry, you tell the story about the guy that took eighteen months to write their mission statement. The problem is is it was probably eighteen months to determine their personality and what they kind of wanted yeah. to be. Um, yeah. And then, you know, because, yeah, it, it's not your mission statement. Your mission statement should be a representation of what your brand is. You know, your logo is a representation of what your brand is, you know, that kind and, of thing. And, and if you're listening and say, well, I don't really have a brand, you do. Uh -huh. you, <laughs> ask your customers what they think about your company, how they perceive your company. That's that's your brand, whether whether you determine it or not. So, uh, to, and I guess for 2023... You need to take charge of that and, yes. and, yeah. and and reposition if you need to reposition that brand and how how your customers perceive you and and you know in in the last part of my uh, of my outline here I say you know it's who you want to be who what what brand would you like to have and 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 let's start the year off um, pursuing that. Yeah, I think the hardest part for a lot of people is they think of branding in a prescriptive way, which is that this is the thing that I want to be seen as. But the way you really have a brand is through the expectations customers have of you. And those are set up through interaction. Those are reinforced through how you behave. So it's descriptive. The, the, the brand that you actually have is the one that your customers have from working with you and from interacting with you in your business. Now it's time to go ahead and re refine that prescriptive brand, but then you have to live it. You talk yes. about follow through. Yeah. That's the thing. You absolutely have to live it from the top down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's a hundred percent right, Eric. Yeah. It, because uh, as Terry mentioned earlier, everybody's got a brand, whether oh, yeah. you know it or not. I, I mean, even personally, we have brands, right? The two regular guys podcast has a brand, you know, we're, 
we're a bit silly. We we're, 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 we like to make fun of ourselves a little bit, and, but we're super into education and we're going to show up and provide the best education we can as often as we can. So that, that brand, like you said, it's descriptive of, of what it is, but you can then in, in planning be very yeah. intentional about, okay, so how I want my brand to be, yeah, that that's good to identify. But then what's really important to identify is then how are you going to make sure that that you're living that right? It's one thing to say, you know, we want to be known as the um, best uh, printers in our area. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we want our brand to be. OK, so what actions are you going to take to make that happen? Are you going to add extra quality control checks? Are you going to, you know, do certain things, right? Because right? people say, I want to be the, the the highest quality in my area. And then they put out crap because they're trying to get stuff done quickly. You know, pardon the, the, the language, so to speak, but I mean, that's sure. the reality. And so if you, you said this, Eric, I believe is you said, you know, you've got to live it then. And so that's yeah. what the planning to me is, is, how are we going to live the brand that we want? Well, yeah, because anybody can make that 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 uh, description or that statement, but you you can't just do it and put it in a drawer and uh, <laughs> at, at the end of the year go and say, oh gosh, yeah, we didn't do any of that, but it sure was a good idea. Yeah, yeah it, <laughs> and, it just and, lives on your about us page, but you're not daily putting it in right, action. Right. Yeah, and I don't think that using the word crap is going to get us kicked off iHeartRadio. Uh, I but think we're okay there. <laughs> We've had worse. I don't think I have to bleep that one. Um, I think we got all the worst ones out before the show started. Okay. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you talked about the mission statement. And, and yeah, I think that's really interesting about the story, right? But, you know, and, and like you said, it's not just Eric said on, on your about page and all this other stuff. Sure. It's like, do you live it, right? Do you make your decisions based on those things, right? So for our success group is to provide actionable resources that empower business owners to achieve their idea of success. So when I'm making a decision about what we want to mm. do in inside of our success group or just like kind of my daily life, really, I go, does this achieve that right am i providing actionable resources is this something that somebody can actually use and get their arms around and is it going to help them become successful and, 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 so and their idea of success i love that because everybody's idea of success is could be entirely different yeah. so yeah mm -hmm. well todd and i learned that early on right that there, there was a kind of a thing at at the time where everybody's like oh you know zero to 100k and we started working with folks and they're like we're, this is not what we're doing it for. We're, we're not doing it for the, the money or the, you know, we're not trying to get to hundred K. I, I want some side money, you know, to go on vacations and stuff like that. Right. So it's like, and that helped us again, define our brand. <laughs> we're like, Oh, well, yeah, that's a good point. We're not, if, if that's not hundred K is not it for you, then that's fine. Right. And maybe hundred K is too small or whatever. So it's like, whatever your idea of success is, was important yeah. to us, but that was all part of that planning process of defining the brand. So, um, I love it. That, that's a great point. Um, okay. Well, um, I think, I think we've covered that pretty good. Unless Eric, you have any other ads that you want to jump in there with? Aside from just kind of, uh, nodding vigorously and continuing <laughs> to like, to say repeatedly <laughs> that it's about your actions that you take. I think, yeah. no, no, I think that's, we've covered the gamut. The one thing I want to make sure that everybody kind of gets is this shouldn't be like every decision you make is affecting your brand constantly and you should be scared by it. The brand that we have as a podcast kind of makes me think of this. It's very organic. If you're, yes. if you're on track with the purpose that it was really what you started from, it becomes very organic though. I will say 
Aaron on point with being able to recite his business plan, like his purpose statement, like word for word every time. That is that is living it's it right taped there. up everywhere in front of me. So <laughs> it, you know, top of mind awareness, yeah. marketing to yourself. But yeah. sometimes it takes that. Sometimes it, it is helpful. What I love that you said, and I do want to clarify, I just like to bring this back up. It was part of how you make decisions. It makes decision making easier for you because you yeah. can get realigned quickly with something that you did spend some time on thinking about. Yeah. So yeah, how does this it, fit into my template? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I said I kind of said prescriptive versus descriptive, and it sounded like I was saying, oh, don't think about it that way. Not at all. It's just yeah. that the customer's version of your brand and your version of your brand can be different. What you're trying to do is make sure that those actions you have are causing that to be yeah. the perception for everybody, yeah. that they align with the perception you want to have. Correct. So that, that was awesome. very on brand for you, Eric. <laughs> Over explaining things and using large words. Yes. <laughs> that's my brand. He's, he's very smart. And and we, yes, that's why we associate with Eric. He brings the, I'm not the intelligence level learning. up uh, very, very high. Um, well, and since we're uh, saying that we all agree with each other here, uh, we can also get some kudos from Mr. Jay Bissell. He says, you guys are crushing it like tiny tacos. And then we've got some um, tacos and, and <laughs> muscles, right? So, all right. Well, you guys ready to move on to the next point? Yeah, let's I mean, do. Let's go. I don't think we can make this one a four-parter like we, we try to do typically <laughs> no. with our, our group shows here. Um, all right. Well, seeing seeing as how you know branding was what was being talked about here, I, I thought that was fantastic, and I'm so appreciative that you you started with that because it really I think clarity on who you are is so important to a business, and so that can be a big part of planning. But I think the other side of that, too, is clarity on who you serve is super mm. important. Right. And, um, you know, I said we, I'd say some things that I've said over and over again. But, you know, when you try to be all things to everybody, you end up being nothing to nobody. <laughs> I think we've proven that point with all the niche market shows we've done and all this other stuff. So clarity of who it is that you serve. Right. Like those customers perception of you um, is important. But the right customer's perception of you is is actually what's important, right? If mm. if somebody that's not your ideal customer is like, oh, you know, Terry is terrible to work with, and you know, he's too too goofy, too too laid back, right? That's not your idea. This, this is from my job review when I worked with you at the U.S. Screen. Is that... <laughs> I was you not reading your idea. <laughs> yeah, I still have it after all these years. <laughs> um, so, so your ideal customers, right? And and so when we talk about planning, Terry, what I would think here is a good good thing to add into your kind of what's going on in the brain, what's going on to the junior yellow legal pad, or or the Google Doc in my case is. What customers did you enjoy working with in 2022, right? And and then not just because I think what happens for a lot of us when we start planning is we, we look at it as a task that we just want to get done. So we're just kind of going, oh, okay, here's customers I enjoyed working with. I'd say go deep deeper on that, right? Who did you enjoy working with? Why? What what made them unique compared to other customers that you didn't enjoy working with as much, right? Um, and because then that also helps lead into the next kind of area that you should look at is what customers probably need to go elsewhere and, and how can you do that in a creative um, way, right? I, you know, for me, I typically like to uh, raise the prices on customers that I don't want to really work with to a point where it's 
they, they're going to take their business elsewhere, right? Because at least if they are going to stay around, I'm going to get paid to, to do that, right? <laughs> kind of thing. But there, there could be other ways, right? It could be recommending somebody else. It could be um, <clears throat> just saying no, straight up going, no, I'm not going to do business with that person anymore. Um, so I guess that was the, the next thing that I thought was really good is kind of getting clarity on who your ideal customer is and then kind of understanding why and, 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 and then making those action plans to focus more on those ideal customers, get more of them and get rid of the ones that you're not uh, so keen to work on. So comments. Well, yeah, you know, uh, and, and I love the fact that you talk about uh, basically what your brand is for the customer you want to work with, because it doesn't matter, you know, if you're out there in the world promoting yourself to everyone, it, all it really matters is is the customer that that you want to sell to. That's 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 who define that's how you define the, your brand to. Uh, to that person, to that particular customer group. And, yeah. and um, you know, it, it's funny, Jay and I were, were talking earlier about, uh, about um, uh, being on like TikTok. Well, it's all well and good, but is that your customer? And, and, you know, for some people it is, you know, look at, uh, look at the rhinestone world. They're, they're, they're killing it out there on TikTok to the point of probably never doing a trade show again. But is that, is that, for me, probably not. So I've seen his dance um, moves. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Kidding. Sorry. Let's uh, yeah, let's cut that conversation right there. <laughs> that could lead us down a, a road we don't need to go yeah, down. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah no, no. <laughs> well, you know, though, I think that this applies to a lot of things that we do. And actually, I'm gonna my next point, not the current one I'm about to say, next one we'll get closer to this as well. But I think part of this is not just saying, all right, what customers did you enjoy working with? This can go to the numbers game. If you're the person who's measuring, this can also be what customers were profitable and what weren't. If that's really what you're mm -hmm. looking at, you're having issues with what's profitable, what's not. And I'm going to go further out and say, what kind of jobs? One of the things I find constantly, especially in the embroidery world, is we have a tendency to want to show our most intricate work where we showed this really crazy work where we did a lot of hand labor on it. And then immediately everybody gets requests for that work. They go, Oh man, I don't really want to do that. I'm like, why are you promoting that and putting a normal price on it? Yeah. You have to show the kind of work you want to do exactly. and you have to exactly right. show it to the customers who are the kind of customers you want to work with. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just yeah. true. We all know that there's kind of that 80, 20 split where you're spending 80% of your time on 20% of your incoming orders. Yeah. Get rid of more of those people. I hate to say that. That's not the nicest thing. But let's let's forget what Christine actually says. She loves this because it's something she talks about, especially when it comes to uh, women, women business owners all the time. And I wish more people would learn they could fire customers. There'll always be more customers. Your happiness and lack of stress is finite and more important. You can't yeah. make somebody happy if they're too hard to work with. Cut them loose. Uh, sometimes uh, it, there are times where we should do the whole Jay Bear thing, the hug our haters. It's good to listen to negative reviews and negative sure. comments. Because you never know when something will hit or sometimes things hit us personally because we know it's a problem we have. Yeah. Sometimes we feel personally offended when, when those comments come in because we already know it's a problem we have and we feel it, we're defensive, you know, let yeah. that in. Sometimes that's fine, but do that privately. It doesn't mean you have to take abuse from people, but yeah, let yeah. that in privately and think about it. Yeah. But if there's somebody who really just takes an inordinate amount of time to work with, their jobs are unprofitable and they make your life worse. Who could you go get with that time? What customer you know, could and, you get if you market it at that time? 
Yeah. Right. I, I, I know I've talked about this in a previous year, but uh, uh, there's a company in Maryland, KNC Marketing, and, uh, and every year they sit down and they talk about which customers basically drove them crazy. <laughs> and they fire that customer every single year. They get together and, and they fire uh, a certain number of customers. And as simple as this, um, hey, we have some new projects we're going to be doing this coming year, so we're not going to really have time for your production. Uh, so here are some alternatives and sure. depending on the customer, maybe it's your least favorite competitor that you recommend. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, I, I think that's part of the problem. People here fire your customer and they think that you're going to call them up and ball them out and yell at them. <laughs> right. No, no. I mean, we're not saying go grab your customer that you don't like and yell at them. Uh, that's not the, that's not the concept. And it shouldn't ever be the concept. You want to burn those bridges. But you can gently not take certain work. I mean, that yeah, is there, right. there are ways to do that. And referring someone's great. I know one of the things I tell people is if someone is constantly treating you like a commodity producer, you guys know my whole thing, be a consultant, not a commodity. If they're treating you like a commodity producer, send them to a commodity you know, contract style shop. If you're a creative sure. style shop, send them to a commodity shop and say, okay, cool. Here's where you can go to get commodity work. It takes a little bit longer. You won't get as much creative handholding, but boom, they fit better. A lot of the people that you don't like working with, you don't really fit with, and someone might else might just fit them better, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah, but yeah, be yeah, the person who refers them to somebody else. There are plenty else. of I people mean, who who want that fine. kind. Yeah, there are plenty of people who want to be that type of business. So one hundred percent. Yeah, contract yeah. producers. I've talked about this a million times. Like, I have nothing wrong with contract producers. I've always been in shops that tried to be contract and shouldn't have been. <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> we weren't set up for it yeah. and that's one of the things if you're if you're as let's all you guys who are in like third bedrooms with two machines right now you're not a contract producer you shouldn't be just doing nameless you know faceless <laughs> contract work you're gonna have to do creative stuff to keep up with, the, with what the work's gonna be come on yeah yeah well and and so real quick before we move on to your next point here eric Sure. You brought this up earlier that that 80/20 rule. It's called the the Pareto principle. Yep. And and this works across I mean it's it's uncanny how often if you really look at things that it's approximately this way, right? And so you talked about it like, you know, 80% of your complaints are going to come from 20% of your customers. And yeah. but 80% of your income is going to come from the top 20% of your customers, right? So so these things work work in in this way all the time. You know, honestly, you know, 80% of our time is taken up by 20% of our tasks, right? So you yep. can look at that kind of stuff, right? And so it, it is, it's, it's getting rid of that. It's, it's what are the projects that are, are valuable to you and making mm -hmm. sure that you understand what's valuable to you and, and who, who that is. Because when we don't, right, you, I think you said this, Eric, and, and I don't know why I can't keep a thought more than about 30 <laughs> seconds here today, um, but you talked about the fact that right if you got rid of that customer just think what you could do in yeah. that space because the reality is people don't grow the way they want to grow not because right of all the little things that they think it might be a lot of times it's they don't haven't given themselves the space to do that they, they've got mm -hmm. too many tasks they have too many you know the, the, if they would just raise their prices a bit they'd probably lose some of those bad customers anyhow plus they give themselves more space and then they'll start growing it's so yeah. counterintuitive to the way that we think about things. We think we have to have every customer. We have to, you know, make everybody happy all the time. And right. the reality is you have to look at that the opposite way and say, how can I create more space for myself to do more and grow? Right. Yeah. So. 
100%. I think you have sugar plums dancing in your head, Aaron. I think that's your Possibly. issue today. <laughs> or the four hours of sleep or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> same. Same. Um, and then real quick, uh, Evelyn sure. says, tell me what a commodity, tell me what is commodity. Uh, what I mean by this is that some people are going to be decorating more as a commodity in that you're going to essentially be the t-shirt machine. Correct. Someone has done all the creative thought ahead of time. They know what they want. They have the art. It's all set up. They just need someone with the equipment and hands to get it printed, to get it embroidered, whatever it is. Yep. And they just want to show up, idea finished, no creative work. Everything's on the list, catalog in hand, hand you the money, and they don't want to talk about it. And at the end, they want to get out garments. Yeah. And um, that's kind of a commodity producer. Contract, uh, contract printers are like that mostly. Yep. There are tons of contract printers who do more creative work than that. Don't get me wrong. So don't... Don't at me contract printers, um, <laughs> but there are more of those kind of clients. They're often larger volume as well. And a lot of it's up based on efficiency and price. Correct. Yeah. I think the easiest way to really explain commodity is the, the real kind of decision maker is, is price, right? I mean, yeah, you think sure. about a, a blank garment or a blank supply at the end of the day, right? There are certain, you know, value adds that some of these companies can do but they've shown uh, in the lack of, of stock and, and customer service a lot of times, especially the garment uh, distributors, they're just a commodity. Who's got the best price and can get it to me the fastest, right? Yeah, and, and, and they are supposed to be transparent to a degree. People who do drop shipping, it's like that too. Yeah. Where it's like, they don't. their brand is not what you ever want to have involved in it. Yeah. You as whoever, a lot of people who are selling garments, but not producing them, they want a contractor who's going to ship the stuff, have it there done. But the brand that's being, that's on the front, that's being deal, dealt with, with by customers is the distributor is the person selling. Yeah, And exactly. so that, that in between production step, that's what I mean by like a commodity producer. It's not a dirty word because no, if no. that's the kind of work that you're set up to do, it's the right kind of work oh, for yeah. you. I just find so that's many people who are much smaller, who are not really set up for it, who do a lot of creative hand. <clears throat> holding who try and price themselves into that market and then they suffer for it Correct. and for those well, people i'm like sell the services you're doing you know yeah there there are lots of marketing folks yeah. out there that that i i don't want to be a manufacturer i don't want yeah. to decorate I, I i want to come up with the concepts and 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 there are companies that service that customer Correct. yeah Perfectly Evelyn says, valid. yeah evelyn says fulfillment I, people right and yeah. that, that I, exactly i i know a, i know a decorator who does $5 million a year and, and his entire concept is he, he is the manufacturer for all those idea people out there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so, and there's also, a lot of those people out there. So mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's a ton of people who started out in production who find out what they do best is idea work and sales. And they cut off their production. They sell out their shops yeah. and they end up becoming, you know, distributors. They end up becoming sure. vendors that yeah. or that work with these folks. And that's yeah. absolutely a valid path for uh, decorative apparel. Right. Well, you know, Aaron, and, and uh, not to belabor this, I know we're oh. running short on time, but, uh, you know, U.S. Screen was a great example. We were a marketing company. And then all of a sudden, the decision came to start manufacturing equipment. Yep. And I remember sitting in Scott Fresner's office saying, we're not a manufacturing company. We're a marketing company. It's a whole different world. I come from that world. We are not it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, so... We and, don't know and, how that turned mm, out. Hey, <laughs> that happened. Years later, it uh, it proved exactly. itself to be correct. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, yes, we are short on time. I know we're going to do bonus time. It's just inevitable at this point. But uh, let's sure. let's see if we can uh, keep moving forward here. So, Eric, 
we're I finally to your one. point here. Yes. I'm actually going to bring this back down to the ground level for a minute. We were up in the clouds a little bit. I'm going to get us back on the dirt for just yeah. a second and just say this is just a very simple, quick thing to mention. When you're working on the next year's plans, review and forecast further out than you think you should. People often think when they're doing this planning that they're locking themselves into something they absolutely must do. And so they freak out about planning out 12 months in advance. Of course, writing something on a calendar doesn't mean it's the thing you're going to do for sure, no matter what. It's just a good idea to have things in mind. And here's the thing I'm going to tell you guys. If you do anything that is retail focused, uh, let me tell you how many times I've had to learn this lesson myself. If it is retail styled or if you have timed events, you should be thinking about that and planning for that and marketing to that sometimes two months in advance. Yeah. Uh, and people don't get that. If those of us who write for magazines, we know why, because we work on a two months in advance schedule for those <laughs> right. articles that we're February writing. one done right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. February is in the can. Like that's how that is for, for us. So I think we get more used to it. But I'm going to tell you, I've had to learn this myself multiple times, you know, back when it was a decorated apparel all the time. I'm like, all right, if we've got holiday people who are constantly ordering for, uh, you know, customers or, for, or they're ordering for uh, employee gifts in the holidays, I'm going to be hitting them up in like October. Yeah, I'm going to be hitting them up months early to say, hey, I know you've got a Christmas order coming up. If you want to come in now, here's a, a discount or we're going to have an event. I'm going to show you all these cool new things we can do. If you get in by this period of time, 10% off so that when we do have those orders coming in, we can get them done early and have room for the last people and charge them more. Uh, I mean, there are reasons why we do this stuff. Plus, I'm going to tell you in the retail side of things, which I deal with more these days, um, the time to be stocking for Black Friday is not November. Uh, <laughs> the time to be stocking for Black Friday is a lot earlier than that. Uh -huh. And if you have to produce that stock yourself, well, then you have to produce that stock much earlier. So plan large, like, way more in advance than you expect that you need to yeah. a couple months is is perfectly normal for some of these channels especially if you're relying on anybody else to do any sort of fulfillment for you if you are someone who's working with a retail channel or you have to do other kinds of work like putting things on a website yeah. and getting those live and having all of the marketing that goes with that having that production done earlier is going to serve you always so yeah. in general just when you're planning when you're forecasting think further out go to where you're comfortable and then push it a little bit further than that every yeah. time. Cause I think yeah. you'll be happier when you do, even if, like I said, you, you may change everything by the time you sure. get there. Right. We could have a massive issue of, we've all learned over the last few years, you could suddenly have to change a lot, but you'll never <laughs> be sad that you thought about it ahead of time. Yeah, for right. sure. And, and to, to kind of piggyback on that just a little bit. Um, it, Cause I, I totally agree with that. If you, if you look at, at our industry as a whole, Hmm. And, and again, there's outliers. I'm not saying this is everybody, but a lot of times January, February ish are our slow times. Um, sublimators, gift creators for sure. Now I know there's several factors that go into that. You know, everybody spend themselves to death in December. So it's hard to think about spending in January and February where you're trying to keep the new year's resolutions going of, of saving money, right. Or whatever. But the reality is that we also play a role in that because we get so production focused in late november december and then we're exhausted so we like uh and then we don't do anything and then all of a sudden you know january hits and we look at our january numbers and we're going oh my god we're getting killed here this sucks you know w what's going on what's happening there is the fact that you didn't keep the ball rolling 
you, you know, you, you didn't keep that momentum going in December. Right. So again, like Eric said, a couple months out. Right. So yeah. we, we worked as hard as we could inside of our success group to keep reminding people that, okay, what are you doing right now? In, in our mastermind group, our last call, we talked about what's your marketing plan going to be for January. You know, and in the next call, we're going to say, what's your marketing plan going to be for February? And we're going to work together on that. Right. So um, it, this is such a great point, Eric, uh, that uh, I'm glad that you brought that up. And the instant gratification world that we live in, we think that we can just, yeah, turn it back on. But the benefits that you're gaining right now is from something you did months in, in the past. So right. when you're not doing anything right now, guess what? The couple months in the future you're going to go, why is things so slow? Uh, I can tell you why, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> I think we get confused because here's the thing. The reality is we live in a just-in-time production environment. People want to order and get things done very quickly. That's the production side of it. The thing is, why are they there with you in the first place? The marketing environment still has us marketing earlier. We market earlier we still have to produce just in time. That's So I think that's the thing. Because we expect fast shipping, it also means, oh, fast outlaying of the marketing, fast everything. I'm like, you don't have to do that. You can do. Yeah. You can move that crunch around and you really need to. Especially, like I said, messaging should be coming early. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning a message that's geared toward things for February that's going to go out shortly. Uh, there, there, it really depends your on your Valentine market. Day, Eric. It's okay. Yeah. I will be your Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that not the message? Marty, Marty planned, man. Marty planned. It's good. Terry, go ahead. <laughs> Did you have some points here? Oh well, you know, I, I, I just no. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna seed my time and okay. All right, forward. Well, let's get let's get Kristen's comment here real sure, quick. Sure. She said, good one. "Eric, I contacted two customers in October and offered them last year's price for their annual order if they ordered right away. They jumped at it, and I managed to get my Christmas production completed this past Wednesday. First time in five five years that I will have time to actually enjoy the season. So look at that. That's a job. perfect example of what. Uh, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Perfect. High fives. Example. High fives all around. Yep. High fives. That's Love fantastic. It. All right, Terry, you, you've seated your time. So now the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> okay. Well, this came up at the very beginning talking about uh, uh, continuing to learn. Uh, my, my point is in 2023, become an expert at what you do. And every expert started somewhere. Every Everybody started, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's starting in the basement as a screen printer and, and, and learning how to be a better screen printer and learning how to market and learning how to, how to, to do different things. So, but, but, but don't just say, I'm going to be an expert. Find one task or one technique or one process that you want to do better at in 2023 and then lay out a plan. How am I going to be better at this? And, and every week, maybe that's just reading up on the subject, yeah. uh, setting aside an hour uh, to, to experiment or four hours to experiment with, with maybe some, some specialty inks or whatever it is you want to be an expert at. It, it's easy to say, I want to be an expert. Pick one thing. It, it, it could be overwhelming to say, I'm going to be an expert screen printer which means I'm going to know everything there is to know about screens and mesh and, and inks and, and setting up the press. And no, pick one thing, pick one thing. And then after that, pick one more thing. It, it's, it's like my 5215 uh, training. 
we talk mm -hmm. about one thing today this week we're going to talk about squeegees and here's everything that you everything you need to know about squeegees now you're an expert on squeegees next week we talk about screen mesh and here are all the different mesh counts and here's why and and yeah. so find one thing and 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 create a plan to be an expert at that one thing and then once you're an expert go on to the next thing yeah 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 i love it that's good um eric you have any any comments on that uh honestly the best thing about this is that you're talking about focus um it's yeah. it's so easy to to continually grab too much of this and keep reaching for different things, but having a tight focus and working toward a specific goal, uh, ties into stuff that Aaron was saying earlier about keeping your goals specific and measurable. I think yeah. that's a fantastic idea because yeah. a lot of people will come to me and they just like, I need to be an expert at, and the thing they lay out, I'm like, all right. So that took me about a decade. Um, you probably, I don't know, you're probably not going to get all of that within the next hour of class time I have with you. That's probably yeah. not going to happen. In fact, I often do that. I'll bring people into classes. The first thing I say is, hey, folks, so I've got about three hours with you and there is no way by the end of this class that I will make you all expert digitizers from nothing. Yeah. So here's what we're actually going to get done in the next yeah. three hours. Yeah. Here's what we're going to get to. Yeah, I think sure. that's it's good for you people to understand that, but also to understand that, like you said, every expert's got a beginning. There's a process involved and that's okay. And we should expect a little bit of failure. That's other yep. thing too. But yep. expect and well, forgive yourself ahead of time for the uh, trial and error that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, couple quick comments here from the regulators. Susan says, and hold yourself accountable to use that time just for that, that the mm. training that Terry yes. was talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't allow anything else, customers to invade that time, right? And so I think mm. that's a really good point. Um, and then back to what uh, Eric was talking about with planning uh, a little further ahead, Todd mm -hmm. uh, Downing from Fat Dead Wholesale says, we have people paying more in rush fees than what their actual print jobs cost right now because they didn't plan accordingly, right? So yeah. planning will also save you money. <laughs> Good point there. Um, and and then let's see here. I think, I think that covers it for right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Real quick, my add to that real quick is just... Um, yeah, like Terry was talking about be, being focused, being specific about it, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I think uh, Terry's 5215 is such a great uh, tool or, or, or idea of a way to do that. I mean, the 52 weeks in a year, 15 minutes a week, and, and you become an expert. And and, yeah. and that's the way we grow. Even even experts are continuing to do that, right? They're, they're honing oh, yeah. their craft all the time. So somebody that, you know, Terry still screen prints, right? It may not be his his job, but he stays involved in screen printing because he's teaching screen printing. He's got to continue to grow and, and be the expert in that space. Same, same with Eric, right? I mean, he digitizes yeah. still, even though he's not specifically in that space. And he, so he yep. takes time to learn and and talk to other people and learn and all of that stuff. So um, right. yeah, I think those are just some great points there. Um, all right, uh, do, 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 do. Christine says, uh, it's so important that people remember that nothing happens instantly. You have to yeah. work to accomplish expertise and you have to spend time. So oh, work, wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, I guess I will, you guys ready to jump to the next point? Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's, let's, let's move okay. forward. Um, so my next point in planning is, is to kind of look at your business and, and, and realize that a business ultimately to be successful has to be a grouping of systems, 
Mm. having systems. And honestly, I, I go so far as to say, just if you want to be successful in life, have systems for that, right? I mean, it's just the way that our conscious brain operates, it's very linear and it works much better based on systems. And so what this planning does for us is it allows us to kind of let our subconscious, let the, the instincts, the intuitions, the emotions say, here's what we want to do. And then we plan and we say, okay, well, here's the system for how my linear conscious brain can get this done. So uh, if you look at your business as a system, what things can I make into a repeatable process, right? I, yeah. I, I'm sure nobody gets super excited about a SOP, a standard operating procedure, but the reality is those types of things can be extremely valuable to your business. So if you get excited about profits, you should get excited about SOPs. Yeah. So what, what things can you improve on? What, what things can you repeat? Yusta said, you know, better workflow, um, right? And, mm -hmm. and so how can you make that better? And sometimes the littlest things uh, make the biggest difference in your overall process. One of the examples that I've always used when I talk about this inside of organizing your workflow is um, for those of you that are, are watching the, the video, I'll, I'll try to do it without hitting my uh, my microphone here. But taking a garment off of a direct-to-garment machine, there should be a process for that, right? And most people would walk up to the front of the machine. Terry, you've probably seen this 100 times, or the new people, right? They walk up to the front of the machine, they grab the shirt, and now that ink is facing away from them, and it's wet, right? And so how do you get that onto a heat press? Do you have to, like, kind of flip it up, right? I mean, but all you do is just grab it this way, you know, somehow make it. So setting that up to where, okay, here's how we're going to grab the shirts off. And then, cause when I do that, now the ink is facing the right way. I can get it onto the heat press without it, you know, touching and becoming spoiled. So just, just like going down to that minute detail, but also then some of the, the other things, like what are you doing repeatedly in your business? Are you answering the same question in email every time? Can you then take that and make that into a video that you share or, you know, make that a template where you go, okay, yep, someone asked me this question again, let me just pull up the template and send it, right? What can you automate? There, yeah. there are some fantastic automation tools out there. One of the, one of the kind of bottlenecks in um, what we're doing in the printing business here was getting the artwork from the customer into a place that we could drop that in and, and print it out. Mm. And, and so there was a lot of manual copying and pasting of links to download stuff. And I created a zap in Zapier. Mm. And now all those things get automatically dropped into a Dropbox folder. Right? Are there ways that you can automate stuff, right? Again, maybe you're sending the same email over and over again. Um, but then last but not least, like where can you get other help? You know, you, you stay an expert in in your space you do what you do best there are people out there that are going to be able to help right like the biggest uh time savings for me was to find a virtual assistant and and uh, like i've got a place if you go to osg.link forward slash iworker um you can find a virtual assistant that you can pay six seven dollars an hour and give them some things to do and they're fantastic at it right so those are the types of systems that I'm talking about. What, and, and everything that I give to my VA, I've created a system for first because I'm not expecting somebody I'm paying $7 an hour to figure it out, 
right? <laughs> what I'm expecting of yeah. them is that yeah. they're going to use their time in, in an efficient manner and I'm going to give them the process. So, um, I, yes, you, you guys t can tell I can go on and on forever on this, but, um, <laughs> uh, I will hold it to comments for you guys. Well, you know, uh, when you, when you talk about, uh, even taking a shirt off a, off a press and then once you have a system, then you hire people and you show them, this is how you do it. This is how all of us will continue to do this process. And, you know, while you were talking, uh, Aaron, and, and I know I've talked about this in the past, but, um, there was a time when I was running a production that I, I was tracking, you know, according to this course that I was taking, tracking all my time and discovered I was spending 60% of my time in some form of scheduling production. Yeah. And, uh, and the question came to me, well, is that something you'd teach to someone else? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a process. And, and so I hired a part-time person to come in and do all that scheduling work. And she was there. I think she was uh, in, in the office maybe four or five hours a day. And, and that freed me up to do my actual job. <laughs> so, and it was just a matter of, yeah. of saying, okay, let me, let me formalize this system of scheduling production. And yeah. of course, you know, with me, as with all things, it turned into a book estimating production time. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric, that's, what about you? I mean, that's, I think that's the way of all these things. You have to systematize to make things work, especially if you're ever going to bring in other people. A lot of us who start out as maybe solopreneurs or individual producers may not think that that's something you need to do. But if you ever want to bring in an employee and, and not become a single point failure, and by the way, single point failure, since I'm using terms again, um, is where everything comes through one person. And if that person is gone, then tasks can't get done because they're the only ones who know how to do it or the only ones who have the ability to do it. Um, in a business, having single point failures, and by the way, I've made myself one several times. Thanks. Uh, I'm Eric and I am a single point failure. Um, if you have someone who takes on a lot of tasks and doesn't teach anyone else how to do them or becomes the only person with the specific knowledge to do them, you can end up where you can cripple your business with one person getting you know sick yeah. or one person just having to uh, an event in life that takes them out. Um, part of how to avoid that is standard operating procedures and, and systems. I mean, that, that is part of how we avoid literally just have, becoming crippled with normal things that happen in life that we should expect. Um, so they go, so Eric's not here. Uh, what are we going to do? Well, it's in the book, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me tell you, I have not always been very good at, at uh, producing the book like Terry does. So uh, for sure, that's something to think about. It's not. And also this, this can be where you have certain tasks. I mean, I was a digitizer. You can hire outside digitizers. And yeah. even if you have an in-house digitizer, there's no problem with doing, you know, jobbing things out. Yeah. It's just sure. being prepared for it and knowing where you're going to go when these things happen. I think that's it. So part of uh, systems is also understanding fallback procedures. I mean, understanding what you will do when there are times that the system doesn't work the way it yeah. should. Yeah. Um, do you have a, do you have a note in there from three years ago saying in case there's a, a pandemic, uh, what we're going to do. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. It should be now. If you have it by now, I'm sure you're already thinking about it. What did you do? <laughs> yes. Your shop. That should be real now. Yeah. And I mean, all those people who are currently snowed in are probably having that discussion too right now. <laughs> what do we do to fill <laughs> right. those Christmas orders if we're yeah. not able to get to the shop? Yeah. Um, or get the, the shippers to, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, Real quick uh, comment from Susan here. She says, documentation on how things are done is the only way to be able to reproduce the same product again. Mm -hmm. And then Ramona just laughs and says, I used to love writing SOPs. So, all right. Uh, well, Terry, think, oh, go ahead, Eric. Go oh, ahead. No, sure. I mean, part of this also for me, just one thing about, because Susan really brought it up for me, that whole about documentation yeah. of the way things yeah. are done. 
This is also why I like business software. I like order management software because mm. you can literally have a history of the order and how it's done. And same thing with design management, things like that. Um, being able to reproduce things every time the same way. It's also why as an embroiderer, I like things like hooping stations where we have numbers for positioning. Um, you know, we have grid coordinates. Even if it's not something, I, I'll admit, I didn't always use those. But when I see people starting over, I'm like, wow, it's it's really important to be able to do things the same way every time. At yeah. the very least, you should have the same procedures, even if you can't write everything down to a grid coordinate. Yeah. But it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it <laughs> doesn't sure. hurt. Yeah. All right, Terry. Any closing thoughts on that one? No, I think uh, okay. I think we should move forward. I think Let's you're do up, it, Eric. I, I think we've got uh, yeah one more from Eric and one more from Terry, and we've got this thing licked. Yeah, I'm just going to make this one fairly short if I can. And that is, though we are adding things, we're talking about getting new skills. We're talking about all the stuff we want to add to our business. We need to learn to prune. Uh, how do we keep a fruit tree healthy, right? How do we get the branch that we want to be healthy working while well, we got to prune off all the side branches that don't belong? We often want to take on new skills, new tasks, new decoration methods without realizing we have the same 24 hours in our day. And if we are already busy, which very few of us are going to admit we're not, um, <laughs> we have to then cut something on the other side. And once again, I'll go ahead and, and you know do the introduction. I'm Eric and I forget to print things. Uh, that's <laughs> Absolutely. But one of the things we have to think about if, if we're trying to improve something about ourselves, it's not always what's this new thing I'm going to take on? What's this new thing I'm going to learn? One of the improvements can be, what am I going to stop doing that doesn't make sense for my business or for my yeah. personal growth in the business or for what we're trying to do to be profitable? What can I stop doing that just takes energy out of the system? Funny enough, that's kind of, even though Terry talked about bringing someone on to do, to do production scheduling, it's also Terry had to stop doing it. I mean, yeah. he had to stop exactly doing it to right. get that time back. He could bring someone in and then continue to insert himself and micromanage, micromanage on that success. person. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do that, then you don't actually gain the time. I've, in fact, I've seen people do this before in, in, in consulting where they will bring in someone to do a job and then they hover over that person's shoulder and do the job while they're there. It doesn't help you. <laughs> like right. that does not actually make it make it work. And the other part of this is to understand fitness. And uh, coming from a guy of my girth, you may not think I know much about fitness, but I'm talking about evolutionary fitness here. I'm not talking necessarily about uh, jazzercise. Um, <laughs> in this case, I'm talking about making sure. Now and oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> I know it's terrible. The leg warmers are are all yes. yeah. um, Suffice it to say. Uh, Fitness in this case is understanding the context where we're working in, and that can be the brand that we want to have, the kind of work we want to do, the kind of customers we're trying to get, things we've already talked about. Um, not all strategies fit all contexts. Uh, in the evolutionary way, I'm like, uh, you know, a fish is very poorly suited for living at the top of a tree. Uh, and sometimes we are we are fish and we try and live in the tops of trees because we see birds and think they're doing something cool. Uh, we either need to change how we work, change how we're set up, or we need to do things that fish do well. We need to go back underwater where we belong. So the context matters in what we do and that fitness can change. Things that we do in one kind of season of our business might not work in another season. It doesn't yeah. mean they were wrong or bad or we were stupid for doing them. It might just mean that we're not in the right context. We either have to find a new place to do that work or we have to find different kinds of work to do that fit where we're actually at. Yeah. So it really, it really depends. 
Yeah. So I love that the, the fish at the top of the tree <laughs> idea, right? Because I think that's where people do struggle a little bit. And that's why I'm yeah. so uh, hardcore about getting that foundation built, really getting an understanding of who you are, what, who your ideal customers are, what you want to be doing, because yeah. you can easily go out there. And, and I think, you know, I'm one of these people, right? You can easily go out there and chase all the shiny objects like, oh, my God, I saw Terry do that. That is so cool. I'm just going to go do yeah. that. Right. And then I end up being that fish at the top of the tree going, I'm not very good at this and I'm not doing well and I'm struggling. And but Terry makes it look so easy. Yeah, because Terry's a bird, not a fish. Right. So <laughs> well, this is our discussion analogy. earlier. I mean, this is our discussion about the uh, contract producers versus, you know, yeah. boutique decorators. Yeah. If you're a boutique decorator, you're someone who has like two heads and you do a lot of hand holding and you do a lot of individual work on things you're really suited to orders where someone pays a higher margin to have you work with them on these individual, highly personalized projects. Uh -huh. If you're someone with a ton of multi-head machines, you got a football field full of multi-head machines, taking on gift orders of one piece at a time that each have a name and have different colors on every individual piece is not a great order for you. Does it mean yeah. that either of you are bad embroiderers or bad decorators? Yeah. No, it means yeah. you're doing work that doesn't fit your work model. Uh -huh. um, and that means you're probably making less than you could be taking on or taking on less work or like a lot of the people I remember bailing out back in the day, you've got one, you've got a single head machine. You took on a thousand hat order. You've been working 24 hours a day, one hat at a time. <laughs> and you finally break down and ask a, a person who's got multi, you know, multi head machines. Hey, what deal can you do me? Cause I've just got to get this out of the door. Even if I lose money, I just want to save face and get out. Yeah. Well, that's that's from trying to be a bird when you're a fish. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's what that is. That's fitness. Yeah. You're still a good decorator, but you're just taking the wrong jobs for you. Yeah. Agreed. Exactly right. You know, and, and uh, you know, part of this too is is that reflecting time. Mm. I didn't realize how much time I was spending doing scheduling until I actually stopped and and wrote it down and reflected and 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 so you know, it's important to to take a step back and, and now is the perfect time to do that before 2023. And, uh, you know, and I have another example as well. Um, when I was in uh, Kansas City, our average production run, and, and this is a shop doing over $13 million in screen mm. printing, our average production run was 48 to 72 pieces. Well, when the company decided to get into some other markets where we were getting 10,000 piece orders, uh, uh, my production crew were falling over themselves uh, and you think it'd be easier to run 10,000 pieces than 72 pieces. No, they were geared to set up, boom, 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 print it, tear it down, set it up, tear it down, set it up, tear it down. Uh, they, they fell over themselves trying to do 10,000 pieces because they, it just was not there. It was not what we were good at. And Friendly. so, um, you know, focus on what you're good at. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think, you know, just to kind of summarize the the whole idea here. A lot of times we forget that we can have addition by subtraction, right? Mm. Focusing on what you're good at and then, sure. you know, letting go of things that just aren't serving you anymore. So um, I, it, what a great point, Eric. So, Well, on top yeah. of it, it goes back to Terry's point too. If that is the business you want to get into, that's what you're going to have to grind on. That's what you're going to have to learn on and focus on is the thing that you need to do to get to that place. If the 10,000 piece orders are where you want to be and you're not there yet, that's your focus point. That's the thing you're researching. That's the thing yeah. you're practicing. Yeah, but exactly. at the same time, while you're doing it, not a problem to be, keep taking those orders you're good at. <laughs> keep sure. keep right. the money coming in the door, but you know, focus on the thing yeah. that actually makes the difference yeah. for your fitness. All right.
Are we ready to uh, hit the final point here? Since we're 13 I put, minutes I added into one bonus thing. Time. Yeah, I added one thing uh, at the uh, at the end. I'm like, if there's time, and then I went LOL. So, right. <laughs> all right, what, go ahead. What, last point. Uh, in 2023, plan to become the go-to decorator in your area or in your marketplace. And 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 so point number one, this is the true secret to success in, in mm -hmm. garment decorating or anything else. Do good work and deliver on time. Do good work, deliver on time. Do good work, deliver on time. You're gonna be you're gonna be ahead of your competition, 90% of your competition if you do both those things. So um and by doing that, you can compete with anybody, big shops, small shops, um, because, you know, larger shops are just doing the same thing you are just on a larger scale. That doesn't mean they they know more about it than you do. And um, so some of the things you can do to become the go to decorator in your area, uh, make it easy to buy from you. Um, usually it it's not about price or or I'm going to recommend, we're all going to recommend, don't, don't be the person who's all about price. Yeah. Uh, most of our customers are not professional buyers. So whatever you can do to make it easier, that that's they're going to buy from you. It's the yeah. price isn't going to be the issue. It's going to be, how are you going to make this process easy for me? Um, and, and think about ways you can innovate, try new things. Uh, maybe it's specialty inks that that no one's ever heard of. And, and there's there's like in screen printing, there's dozens of specialty inks that none of your competition is doing right now. Or, or maybe it's vinyl or maybe it's threads or maybe it's it's some decorating technique that you can use. But I think a good goal for 2023 is decide I want to be the go to decorator for this niche this marketplace for this type of decorating and yeah. and lay out a plan to be that go-to decorator yeah. comments <laughs> uh, it's just 100 yeah here i'll go ahead and give you the best comment do good work deliver on time <laughs> there he comes somebody should uh, be a jerk man I tell really you. that's, a, that's a, <laughs> how can i do that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. how many times have we said if somebody could go back in <laughs> to all of our past episodes 480 and find out how many times you said somebody should make a shirt and then actually make those shirts we'd really appreciate that <laughs> that'd be great you get a lot of free time on your hands so all right go ahead go ahead eric what, what comments oh, no, I think do you have about this one what I love about what you said is that though it's a lot of people are going to say, all right, cool. I'm trying to do that. I'm becoming the go-to decorator. When you said the go-to decorator for this kind of decoration for this kind of market, I think also we always think it's going to be something like specialty printing or this kind of garment or this particular niche. It can also be for this kind of experience for this kind of business model. I'm going to be the best right. de decorator for uh, individual fulfillment direct to customers through a company store website so that I'm going to do more you know, business to customer stuff. I'm going to be yeah. the best decorator for handling this type of client who needs this particular sort of, you know, corporate control of their markets. I'm going to be the best at reproducing colors for specific, you know, yeah. corporate landscapes. Depends on what it is you're trying to do, but it doesn't have to be just one kind of thing. It doesn't have to be just one niche. Also, it doesn't mean that's the only work you can ever take. It's about being that best so you have something that is that go-to factor because you'd be surprised how many times people are going to look at, whether it is specialty decoration or a certain kind of market. I, I can't tell you how many times I've made something really cool and complex or done a kind of digitizing that was hard or whatever it is that I've shown. And somebody goes, oh, wow, that's incredible. What is that? Uh, multimedia? And you did that with sublimation and glitter flick and applique? Awesome. Really cool. Can I get a left chest logo with a, just a plain logo <laughs> on it? Same thing I've done for the last 30 years. <laughs> 
being competent and showing your competence is also just a way for people to trust you. Yeah. So yeah, it, that specialty stuff is awesome because it does bring people in and you can get that market, but you'd be surprised. Sometimes the trust is just, wow, that's a creative person who knows their, their medium, who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Or, Hey, that's a person who's got things together and who can provide the experience that I want. And then yeah. everything else hangs off of that. Correct. Yeah. But I think, you know, Terry's point about, you know, just being innovative though, yeah. right? trying something yeah. new and, and, and understanding, because then the other part that I love about this as, as such a great way to close things out is mm. to me, this then ties back to the first two points that we talked about, mm. right? Because if you're going to become the go-to decorator, well, first you have to understand what your brand is. So, you know, what yeah. kind of, what go-to actually means to you. I, I I think this is another area where, where I see a lot of people really struggle because mm. of the fact that we just say, oh, what, what's go-to mean? And we, we've assumed certain things, right? Whatever is a value to us, we assume that that's what that means. <laughs> but, but that's not, you know, you could be the go-to on price. You could be the sure. go-to on service. You could be the go-to on technique. You could be the, you know, so this, mm -hmm. what go-to means is, is really kind of, dependent on you and your business, but we all want to just, you know, listen to the, the gurus and, uh, you know, they're doing this. And that's why I've always kind of really shied away from saying, you know, well, if you do this, you're going to 10 X your business and all this. That's just not true. What works for me might not work for you. So first and foremost, you have to define what you are, who your business is. And that's why this planning stuff is so important because again, defining your brand, but then also who are those ideal customers yeah. that you're going to serve, right? That you want to work with, that you're right. going to serve. And then you're becoming the go-to for their needs, not necessarily. So like Eric was saying, maybe it's not all those cool things. It could be, maybe they, they don't be. realize they have a need for the specialty inks, the vinyls and threads or different techniques, but it also could just be, I am the best at cranking out. Heck, you know, in the fourth quarter here, we're going to do 10,000 Christmas ornaments. If I see another Christmas ornament, I'll probably <laughs> chuck it and, and, and break into a thousand pieces. But our customer needed us to be the best in that space to be able to get that stuff out the door for him. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and ladies, look for all of our listeners and say, bah humbug, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost going to wear my Christmas hat and everything. So, <laughs> uh, I'm totally. I mean, I think that it's, it's hard to kind of deny the fact that, you know, we get stuck in our heads, what we should be. And here's where I get to repeat myself. I say, I've said this a million times and this one, funny, funny enough, often for e-commerce and for designing, uh, you know, front ends for e-commerce is where I say this, but you are not your ideal customer. <laughs> you're not your customer just because something looks great to you. Or you're like, man, I'd wear that shirt. Why is nobody buying that shirt? They're not you. Turns out, you know, it turns out that you are not the only person you have to serve. And sometimes we get really tied up. We're like, man, that was the greatest idea. I really loved that. That shirt was fantastic. It's the same thing that we sometimes tell people who come to us who say, I've got a great idea for a t-shirt. We're like, awesome. Go ahead and put in that pre-order. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, we, and we've all had this moment where somebody has bought a bunch of stock and we look at each other and go, that's not going to sell. Oh my God, this guy's going to have a garage full of these unless I tell him something. Um, <laughs> people don't always know. And if you let yourself get kind of too lost in the sauce where you're like, all right, I had this great idea and I love it. My friends are all laughing that that's not always enough. I mean, that's yeah. not always enough to be it. You have to really think about your audience. And so it's, it is that mix. I think that's the thing. It's holistic. Uh, what Aaron said earlier, it's like, you have to know about your customer and who they are. And what Terry said, branding is, you know, how you are interacting with people. It's, it's that, and you have to 
also prescribe that say who do you want to be what is that culture and funny enough all the other stuff we talked about about process and about production and planning all of this goes to essentially get down to that ground floor of how are we going to act on a daily basis yeah how does it fill customer needs how does it keep us efficient and keep us running and how does it align with our brand and who we are it all comes together in one kind of package. It really is one thing with a lot of different aspects to it. But we get down to the ground floor. It's just like, all right, know who you're serving, know who you want to be in this space, understand what your condition is for success and make plans accordingly. Yeah. Yep. Love it. All right, Terry, any uh, closing thoughts on this to, to wrap this I, up? I think we've tied it into a nice bow and, and these things all interrelated. And, and I, I certainly didn't intend that when I was putting my ideas in here, but they certainly all tied together nicely. <laughs> yep. It's amazing how that works. Right. Um, Lori Donovan actually says uh, just to, on Eric's comment there, learning that just because you don't like something doesn't mean your customer doesn't want it. It's sometimes the toughest lesson to learn. Super and, hard. And then Christine before that said, yes, love that Aaron, you have to figure out what works for your business. And that requires digging deep and testing things. So awesome. All right, guys. Well, uh, let's go ahead and, and close this up. I know you've got, a, we've all got a few things on the horizon here uh, since we're only a few weeks away from 2023. Um, <laughs> Terry, will you uh, start us off? What's coming up for you? Absolutely. I'm going to be uh, in the Equipment Zone booth at Impressions Expo in Long Beach. That is January 20th through 22nd, around the corner. Uh, my upcoming complete screen printing business course. Uh, I will be at Workhorse Products in Phoenix, February 11th and 12th. Nice. I will be at Atlas Screen Supply in Chicago, March 4th and 5th. Uh, on February 25th, I'm going to be at the DAC Show in Kansas City, and my seminars will be everything you ever wanted to know about DTG and DTF printing and the ultimate seminar for successfully using specialty inks. So all my upcoming Ooh. events are at terrycombs.com. And I, I, now that I read how I titled that seminar, I'm, I'm really have to step up my game. Yeah, the ultimate, ultimate seminar. Yeah. Are you going <laughs> to make it, are you going to make a huge mess too, or? No, I'm not going to be Charlie Tobley, but I'm not oh, going to make a giant oh, mess in the, in the room. Naming <laughs> names. <laughs> no, I, I've said it to him a thousand times. He knows. <laughs> and he thinks it's hilarious. So it, He it, destroys it, the seminar room. Yes, he does. All right. Eric, what about you, man? What's coming up for you? Oh, man, you're going off schedule. Uh, I yeah, am going right, off schedule. So, Do you want me to? Uh, yeah, I, yeah go. I got it. <laughs> I, I got to click banners, man. I'm yeah, planning know, ahead. All right. So today we have the take up. So as you guys know, 2.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time or Mountain Daylight Time, wherever it is, since we're not as uh, gifted as Arizona for knocking that off. Um, <laughs> today we have episode 138, Expansion and Education for Machine Embroidery, Equipment, Skills, and Setup. So the year-end embroidery machine and decoration equipment buys are right in that final stretch. People are buying their last stuff so they can call it on their fiscal year. And people are making plans for trade shows. So I'm getting a lot of questions about how that works. So what should you be looking for as you want to improve your toolkit and your skill set for the year to come? That's what we're going to talk about. And you can check that out at ericcampbell.com at the take-up tab at the top or anywhere you find me. That little weird H makes me very easy to Google. Uh, also, if you want to check out some stuff I've written this, this uh, month, you get my article in uh, the December Images Magazine out in the UK. That is images-magazine.com. And you can get the digital if you like it. Uh, we have an article about expanding your eye for embroidery. So all about art interpretation for embroidery. And that is out right now. You can get that for free over at Images Magazine. 
and we are coming up on classes. Boy, Terry said it, and it is true. <laughs> ImpressionsExpo.com is where to go for the first set of classes I'm doing out at Long Beach. So I'm in on the 19th. If you want to go to the longer workshop, I am one day before the rest of the show. If you're making plans right now and you want to be there for digitizing your first design, founding your foundations, that is going to be on the Thursday before the show. Nice. And then I have three more sessions. So I have in-house and outsourced digitizing uh, solutions, vintage values in machine embroidery, style decision segments, and presenting embroidery's value proposition. So that is happening all throughout the show. Every day but Saturday, I am teaching a seminar at uh, Impressions Expo. So go check that out. Out in Long Beach, you will most definitely see me in California in just about a month. Nice. And also... Good. As you guys know, DAX in February, I will announce more about that as we get down to it. But yeah, I will be there with uh, with the boys also teaching right. again. But, but, so. you're, but you're not doing the ultimate digitizing seminar? Is that what you're saying? I will never do the ultimate digitizing <laughs> There's always another one. Yeah. There's always another the ultimate, one. Ultimate, ultimate. The seminar to end all seminars. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm doing the penultimate seminar. So <laughs> since you're an author, you'll appreciate that. I'm doing the penultimate. In fact, that's what I'm going to call it now. The penultimate how about you Aaron? so uh for me actually coming up here next week december 22nd uh, i'm going to be part of a panel discussion with three other success principles trainers and we're going to talk about tips and tricks for dealing with stress uh, a couple days before the holiday there there's plenty of stress to go around so we're going to talk about ways that uh, we can handle that um, it's actually in a facebook group that we've got uh, it's going to be happening at 11 a.m central time on the 22nd and uh, or you can watch the replay over there in that facebook group so if you'll just go to osg.link forward slash us group and it's it, the name of the group's understanding success if you want to want to search it up but osg.link forward slash us group and just join that group and uh, you you will be able to watch that on December 22nd at 11 a.m. Central for the live version and then replay anytime after that. Uh, and then a week after that, I'm going to be uh, on December 28th at 1 p.m. Central time. Uh, I am hosting an introductory to Zentangle with uh, my good friend Lorraine Thompson. And uh, she's actually offering this to the OSG community and the decorators community at half off of the normal price. So it's only $15. And uh, there's going to be limited seats available because she likes to make sure that she's working with everybody. But it's, it's a Zoom meeting. And if you're not familiar with Zentangle, come check it out. I was somebody that, uh, you know, drawing stick figures was a challenge for me. That's how bad of an artist I felt I was. But what I learned is that you don't have to be a great artist. If you are, even better. But what uh, what's so cool about Zentangle is it, it, it was the one thing that I could find that would allow me to uh, calm my mind. <laughs> so it's also very meditative too. So it's, it's a really fun class. And uh, just for 15 bucks, what a cool uh, Christmas gift to give yourself there. So check that out, osg.link forward slash Zentangles. And uh, then as we talked about, shows are coming up. I will actually be at the uh, International Personalization and Awards Expo out in Vegas. February 7th through the 10th and have some classes there. Uh, then we mentioned the DAX show, the Decorated Apparel Expo in Kansas City, uh, February 24th through 25th. Uh, our success group has a booth there, booth 211, and I'll be doing several seminars. And then uh, in March, I'm heading to the EEM show in Lafayette, Louisiana, March 3rd through the 5th, and uh, have lots of seminars there and might even be helping with some of the emceeing duties on the show floor. So um, looking forward to all of those getting back out on the road early next year. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, 
Um, we've got to run to do the half here. So <laughs> <laughs> two minutes to wrap this up. <laughs> two minutes to wrap it up. Um, so I guess lastly, what I'll say, guys, is just thank you both. Uh, it's been an incredible year and and really appreciate uh, all the work that Eric does behind the scenes. And Terry, just I've loved doing this with you for 10 years, man. I, I, you've been been my best friend for a long time. And, and uh, this is a great way to continue that on. So thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Me as well. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to both of you guys and happy new years and uh, yeah, do good work. Deliver on time. <laughs> <Good> time. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up, people. Well, we also want to thank uh, Eric for joining us today and for, for thank pushing you. all those buttons and turning all those dials over the last few years. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you very much, Eric. All right. Well, guys, you regulators really want to thank you guys. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, Wh whatever it is that you're celebrating, celebrate, give yourself that space and grace and time and enjoy it. We're going to be off for a couple of weeks here. So our next show will not be until January 6th and uh, Terry will be dusting off the crystal ball and, and we will be talking about the 10 things we'd like to see in the coming year. So we try to be prognosticators. We try to say, here's what we'd like to see, and then maybe hopefully encourage people to push those things forward, right? So what, what things do you guys want to see in the coming year? So show up on January 6th, and uh, let's talk about that. All right. Until then, I'm Terry Combs. He's Eric Campbell. He's Aaron Montgomery. And we are the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.